listening to KFUO's Bible Study, Law and Gospel Wednesday. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're going to be beginning a new series on this Wednesday. We were doing Bible studies, but due to requests, etc., we're kind of going to go over on Wednesdays the various themes that CFW Walther spoke about concerning the distinctions between law and gospel. Now, there are books out where he has spoken about this, but he never wrote any of them because these are from lectures that he gave over a year, beginning in September the 12th, 1884, to November the 6th, 1885. And then what he said was transcribed and put into various law and gospel books. There were 39 lectures. There were 25 theses where there were principles about law and gospel. And within those 25, there were 21 errors that pastors and lay people make in confusing the distinction between law and gospel. We're going to go on the basis of the lectures. That's the time that we have uh, beginning each Wednesday around 9.30 till 10. And so you can listen to these various lectures of C.F.W. Walther as I summarize them and kind of bring them up to date with items that are happening uh, today. One of the most important things that C.F.W. Walther talks about, he says to the students that are listening to him, this is not primarily for you to have knowledge and understanding of the Bible. No, that, that's one item. But the main purpose of these lectures is so that you might apply the Bible to lay people. And you just heard in the By the Way, they were talking about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who spoke about that the goal of the Christian church is not to get people to understand Jesus, because we cannot, but to cling to him. That's quite a difference. Now, why is the distinctions between law and gospel, why are those distinctions so important? In his introduction... Uh, C.F.W. Walther, beginning on September the 12th, 1884, said the following to the students. Of all the doctrines, the first and foremost is the doctrine of justification. And I would expand that justification by grace through faith, not by works, lest anyone should boast. That's the primary doctrine that's got to be in every sermon and Bible study. But then he goes on. Immediately following upon it, and almost equally as important, is the doctrine of how to distinguish between law and gospel. Now, 
later in his introduction, he explains what he means by that, why it's important. When we compare Holy Scripture with other writings, we notice that no book seems to be as full of contradictions as the Bible. And this seems to be true not only in the minor points, but also in its main point, namely regarding the doctrine of how we are come to God and are saved. And so he gives an example. You've got passages where the forgiveness of sins is withheld from all sinners. But then you've got other passages where life everlasting is offered freely to all people. That seems to be a contradiction. He refers to it as a riddle. And the last statement in his introduction is, this riddle can be solved when we consider that there are two entirely different doctrines in Scripture, the doctrine of the law and the doctrine of the gospel. Now, I believe that's a wonderful introduction as to why we need to understand these two distinctions. If you've been listening to Law and Gospel for many, many years, you will remember we often talk about how every religion in the world is based on the teaching that you're saved by your works. Only in Christianity is a person saved through faith. So, in his first evening's lecture, Thesis 1 says this, The doctrinal contents of all Holy Scripture, both of the Old and the New Testament, consist of two doctrines that differ fundamentally from each other. These two doctrines are law and gospel. So what he does, he first provides six ways in which they are not different. And then he provides six ways in which they are different. And the first evening lecture goes through the first four ways of how they are different. So let me summarize for you the way that they are not different. Some people say, well, the gospel is a divine teaching. The law is human doctrine. Now, why do people come up with that? Well, when you hear the law, you almost immediately think of traffic laws, income tax laws, laws of the land. And those are made by human beings. We call them civil laws. But Walter makes the point that all of it is from the word of the living God himself. Example I would give is in the Old Testament, the law is divided into three uses. The first use is the civil use that God gives to the government to withhold wickedness. The second use is the mirror the church uses to demonstrate that people are a sinner. They're all sinners. And we use the law as a mirror. See, here's what you are doing. If not sinning by action, also by thought and by word. 
And then the third use is a divine guide. In other words, when you become a Christian, you do not have immediate knowledge of what God's will is. So the law tells you what his will is. So it is not a proper distinction to say that the gospel is divine and the law is human. Both come from God, either through the government or through the church. Another distinction is that the law is not necessary for a Christian, whereas the gospel is necessary. That's like how I would say it. You go to a doctor. It's not necessary for you to have a diagnosis of what's wrong with you. It's just necessary for the doctrine to give you treatment. So if the doctor doctor says, well, what you need to do is drink this liquid over three days, you're going to ask, why? What did you find about me? And that's so important that even for the Christian, the law is still necessary. It's necessary to obey the government. It's necessary to realize we're a sinner and in need of the cross of Jesus Christ every day. And it is necessary to know the will of God in certain circumstances. Number three, another, this is a real common one, that the Old Testament is law, the Old Testament books, and the gospel is the teaching of the New Testament. Well, that came about in an 1865 doctrinal proceeding when Pastor F. Honor, A-H-N-E-R, asserted Old Testament is law, New Testament is gospel. And therefore, in 1867, there was a convention in the Northern District of the church And they decided and made a decision on the basis of the scriptures that law is found in both the Old Testament books and the New Testament books. And also, so is the gospel. Genesis 3.15, the promise to Eve about a Savior coming. And Isaiah 53, that by his stripes we are healed. That's Old Testament. And so that's very important not to think the Old Testament is law and the New Testament is gospel. When people think that, oh, I don't have to read the Old Testament. Number four, that the gospel's aim is salvation, whereas the purpose of the law is condemnation. No. Both are used by God toward the salvation of an individual. It's kind of like going back to the doctor analogy. You're not going to take the treatment until you understand the diagnosis. So both the diagnosis and the treatment are used by the doctor to heal you. Number five is that law and gospel 
contradicts one another. Now, we do say they are distinct from each other, but they exist in perfect harmony. The example I would use is a marriage. A male is a male, a female is a female. That's not a contradiction. They get married and they become one. So also with law and gospel. The law is necessary for the people to realize their need for the gospel. And the gospel, through faith in the promises, saves. The final one is that the gospel is meant for Christians while the law is not. And that's wrong. For Christians, the law still retains its significance. And therefore, when a person ceases to use the law in a sermon, that is not a proper Christian sermon. But to leave the law by itself is most improper. So those are the six ways in which people think there are differences between law and gospel, but they are not. Then he begins with the true points of difference between law and gospel. They differ, number one, as to how they were revealed to human beings. They differ concerning their contents. They differ regarding the promises. They differ regarding the threats. They differ regarding the function and effect of each. And they differ regarding the persons to whom each of them is to be preached. Now, when you first read this, it sounds like that seems to contradict what we just said. And that's why <laughs> 39 lectures to explain these meanings. So let's try and cover the first four that Walther did in his first lecture. The first difference is how they are revealed to us. They're actually re revealed when creation took place, that they were written on our hearts. Now, how would I explain this? It doesn't matter where our missionaries go. They go to a lot of areas where people have not even heard of Christianity. But guess what? They have laws against what they consider to be murder. They have laws against stealing. They have laws against adultery occasionally. Animals don't have such laws. A lion doesn't have a law that he's not permitted to eat certain animals. Uh, the only thing he doesn't eat is that which he doesn't like. But human beings, the law is written on their hearts. And that's why people have bad consciences. For example, uh, gay people, homosexuals, they say, no, God is not against our lifestyle. But guess what? They really get angry when they are accused of being sinners. Why? Because they realize what they are doing in their heart is not 
correct, but they're trying to defend themselves. So it's written in their hearts. That's not true about the gospel. The teachings of the gospel are not written in the heart. They become part of a new heart. Remember, David created me a clean heart, O God. But your normal, sinful heart has no understanding of the gospel. I can prove that by going to every religion in the world. Not one of them talks about being saved by the death of their God. So, though even unbelievers have the law written on their heart, they do not have the gospel. A supernatural revelation is needed to inform them of the gospel because it's a real mystery. And part of the New Testament books, they have really explained better the point of the gospel, which was not fully explained in the Old Testament books. And for that, all you have to do is go to Jesus' walk with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, where he goes through the Old Testament books to reveal the necessity of his death and resurrection. A second difference between law and gospel is the particular contents of each. The law tells you what you're to do. The gospel tells us only what God has done is doing. In other words, the law is always talking about your works, whereas the gospel speaks about the great works of God. In the law, you hear a summons. Do this and you will live. The law is conditional on the basis of commands and demands. The gospel is unconditional. The gospel makes no demands whatsoever. See, that is why we baptize infants, because no demand is necessary. All that is needed to be done is water baptism done according to Christ's teaching in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, John 1 verse 17, and, and Walther uses many, many Bible verses during his lectures. But here's a good one. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So that's a real important second difference, namely the content of each. Commands, verses, blessings, and promises. The gospel only offers. It does not take anything it gives. A third difference between law and gospel is in regard to the promises. The law promises just as great a blessing as what the gospel promises. The law does promise everlasting life and salvation. 
But what's the difference? When the promises of the law are made, they're always made on certain conditions. Do this and you will live. Uh, Take a look at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Jesus talks about, you know, you sin not only when you kill someone, but when you have a bad thought, when you say a bad word. And what does he say near the end of that chapter? If you do all these things, then you will be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. Really important. The gospel has no conditions attached to it. The law is conditional. The gospel is unconditional. It's a gift that's given. And that gift came from the cross. Father, forgive them. In fact, instead of talking about the condition that the law demands, the gospel has an invitation. In in fact, you can take a look at Jesus' conversation with the lawyer in Luke 10. Who is my neighbor? Well, the Samaritan is your neighbor. And what does Christ say to him? This is actually a quote. Do this and you will live. You see, there are strings attached to the law that hurl us into despair. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So this is a a Greek uh, kind of thing that Walther uses. He he was really well trained uh, in his schooling with classical Greek. There's a Greek mythology, King Tantalos, angers the gods. He kills his son Pelops and made a stew of him for the gods. But because of this and other atrocities, his spirit dwells in Tartarus, the deepest realm of Hades. And he stands forever in that water, but he is so thirsty, but he cannot reach the water. He is forever hungry. Below him is a fruit tree he also cannot reach. And there's a great stone hanging over his head. That's proper law. In other words, you hear and see what can save you, namely obedience to the law, but you can't reach it. Excellent example Walter gives to show the law is conditional to be saved. The gospel is a gift, and it's unconditional. The next difference, which he begins in this lecture and continues to complete in the second evening lecture, is the difference between law and gospel relating to threats. There are no threats at all in the gospel only words of consolation. So if you hear a sermon where somebody says, you better believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because God says through faith, 
you will be in big trouble if you don't believe. No, faith is an invitation. Therefore, when you're reading the Bible and you come across a threat, or if you're hearing a sermon and you come across a threat, and I often have heard those in stewardship sermons, you are assured that the passage is law. The sermon is law. I, I once heard a sermon where a pastor was talking about how years ago people were giving a lot better to missions, but this congregation is not doing so good. So God may not love you. A lot of times Sunday school teachers say that. You better behave so God can continue to love you. No, that's pure law because God loves you even when you do not behave. So we've completed the first evening lecture that occurred in September 1884 next Wednesday. We'll continue with the second evening lecture that occurred on September 19, 1884, and tune in for tomorrow's Law and Gospel with Wes Reimnitz on Rumination Thursday. God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.